Morning. <laughs> Hi, everyone. As already said, I am Ruth. Um, I am, as my five-year-old daughter says, one of the elder leaders here. Um, and that means that I'm involved in leading the church, but nobody gives me any money for it. Um, it's <laughs> just a little hint there. No, I, <laughs> I do it because I love it. This has been my church since I was four years old. And um, I love you very much. I love all of God's church very much. Um, but it's a privilege to be part of this community here. Uh, and it's a privilege to come and speak with you this morning. Um, it's not something that I do very often to grown-ups. Um, so if you can tell your faces that you're listening every now and then, I would really appreciate that. Um, I speak a lot to children um, and young people, and they, they tend to do a bit more um, than you guys now. So just every now and then, just give me a smile, and, and uh, I'll see your eyes light up, and it will make me happy. Um, if you're at home watching online, you can do that too, and I'll still feel blessed by it. <laughs> so we are carrying on this morning with our minor story, Major Impact series um, and I was given the topic of a person called Uzziah, uh, King Uzziah. Now a bit like me you may have heard oh I don't know 10,000 sermons in your life on the story of King Uzziah. No not right? No 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 not somebody that we talk about very often a, a minor story. Um, when I first heard I thought oh right okay well what, what do I know about Uzziah? I thought well you might know why I'm going to say that bit from from Isaiah, where it says, in the year that King Uzziah died. I thought, yeah, and then what? <laughs> and it's funny, because then I opened my Bible to where where we find a lot of Uzziah's story. And, um, and I've highlighted, and I've written big notes to myself all about his story at some point in my life. So clearly, I have studied him before and obviously forgotten everything that I learned at that time. So that's not going to be like you this morning. You're obviously going to remember everything that I tell you about Uzziah. Um, a word about me. I, um, I, I love to, to talk to you about God. Um, my primary aim won't be that you learn lots. Okay. My primary aim is that you are inspired in faith. Okay. So this is not a study. This is you going, come on, I'm going to, I'm going to go deeper in my relationship with God. That's what I want this morning. Okay. Thank you, Katie, for praying for me. I did actually ask her to pray for you guys more than me uh, as you're listening, but, <laughs> but we'll, um, we'll crack on and Lord bless the ears of those listening. <laughs> so I want to I want to start with a question in your mind. Um, and that question is, what is faithfulness? Okay, so just hold that in your head. What is faithfulness? What does that mean? What does that look like? We'll come back to that towards the end. Okay, so we'll give a little intro to King Uzziah because I expect that you don't particularly know huge amounts about him and about where he comes. So we'll talk about him in his context of history and in his context of the Bible. So he was the king of Judah during the 400 years of the divided kingdom of Israel and Judah. There was about 200 years after King David, before we see King Uzziah. And he lived about 750 years before Jesus was born. Okay, I like, uh, Tim laughs at me the way that I have this in my brain, but I like to see history, I sort of see history like a one big timeline in my head. So in my head now I'm going, okay, well if Jesus is here, 
got King Uzziah here, and that's how I like to see things. <laughs> you might not be like that. Israel was the northern kingdom and had no good kings during this 400 years of divided time. Judah was the southern kingdom and did slightly better. They had eight good rulers and Uzziah was one of the good ones. He's counted as one of the good ones. So we're getting a slightly hope-filled story this morning, although it doesn't end necessarily well, but he's still counted as one of the good ones. He was made king by the people when he was 16 in place of his dad and he had a 52-year reign. There we go. Now, 52 years was, um, was pretty good going, but the four kings before him had either been made, uh, they'd either been got rid of or they'd been murdered. So 52 years, uh, he, did, he did pretty good. <laughs> and we can find him actually all over the Bible. We can find him in 2 Kings 15, where he's called Azariah. We can find him in Isaiah 6. We can find him in Hosea the prophet, Amos the prophet, and he's in the family history of Jesus in Matthew 1. But the most in-depth account of his life is in 2 Chronicles 26. And that's where we'll be looking. So if you want to have it out, you're welcome to. But I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm going to pick some bits up. So it's, it's up to you. But 2 Chronicles 26 is where we're going. So I'll give you a little overview of his story. Some of the bits that I found particularly interesting. And this is where we find from 2 Chronicles 26. He was young when he was made king by his people. He was only 16. They looked at his father and saw that he was a half-hearted king. He didn't have a whole heart for God. And so the people chose Uzziah at the age of 16 to reign instead of his dad. He had a mentor whose name was Zechariah. That's verse 5 if you're looking. Zechariah helped him to know God. He instructed him. He pastored him. And as long as Zechariah was alive, Uzziah sought the Lord and God gave him success. God prospered him in many of the ways that we would expect a king to be prospered. He built and regained strategic ground. He broke through enemy walls. He built cities. God helped him against enemy nations. He became famous and strong. He strengthened Jerusalem, which was the capital, with defence towers. And he was a bit of a techie. He made technological new war machines. Lots of success. He built towers and wells in the desert and the wilderness places. He had a large and strong and well-equipped army. He loved the soil. He had lots of animals. He had vineyards and people that grew that stuff for him. Everything flowed in the reign of King Uzziah. Okay, I'm going to read a little bit from verse 15 for you. Oh, I click it's not working. Okay. Okay, wonderful. So it says, Uzziah, his fame spread far, for he was marvellously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction, for he was unfaithful to the Lord his God, and entered the table of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. So it starts to go a bit wrong. He becomes proud. All his strength, all his success becomes proud. And out of his pride, he was unfaithful, and he broke God's sacred law. And Uzziah, when he's challenged about this unfaithfulness, he becomes angry and 
Leprosy, which is a skin disease, breaks out on his forehead. The priests hurry him out of the temple, but he's never allowed back in again for the rest of his life. And his son takes over in the place of him as king. Okay? So he's counted as one of the good ones. My clicker. There we go. Oh, I'm going to go on too far now. No, we're all right. <laughs> he's counted as one of the good ones, but his story doesn't necessarily end that well. So that's an overview for you. And then what I'd like to do is take a little deep dive into two key messages that really stood out to me from this passage. And the first one is before it all goes wrong. Hey, And it won't surprise you, those of you that know me particularly well, to find that one of the things that really stood out to me was actually the role of Zechariah in the life of Uzziah. Zechariah, his mentor. (laughs) Mentoring is something that I uh, advocate for, I love. Um, I have been well mentored in my life. And um, as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, fantastic. Um, That's really jumping out to me. So verse 5, if you want to look at that with me, 2 Chronicles 26. says, he set himself, so Uzziah set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Read that again. Uzziah set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. So I wondered what in the days of Uzziah meant. Um, and effectively, that's for as long, in the days of Zechariah. So as long as Zechariah lived, he was a mentor to Uzziah, and Uzziah helped him. Uh, Zechariah helped him, okay? He instructed him in the fear of God. What a significant role Zechariah had in the life of that king. I wonder how he felt about that. <laughs> and I wonder, have you had someone who's mentored you in your relationship with God? Have you had someone who's instructed you, walked with you, spoken into your life, who you've listened to, who when you've had a problem, you've gone to. I've, I've had many, thank the Lord, I've had many people like that in my life, starting with children's workers here and youth workers. And then as I've got older, I've had specific people that I've said, can you, can you mentor me in this? Can you instruct me? I've heard this from God, but I don't know what it means. Can you tell me? Can you walk through with me? And I wonder how Uzziah felt when Zechariah died. When his mentor left him. Because that's, by the looks of it, when it started to go wrong. That's when we're told, maybe he didn't seek the Lord anymore. Maybe that's when he went proud. And I was thinking, I wonder if any of you have had really good mentoring, had good instruction in your life, and then that's stopped for whatever reason. You've lost that connection with that person. Maybe they've died, maybe they've moved away, whatever. And I wondered if perhaps you wanted to ask the Lord to bring somebody else into your life to be that person again. Or actually... Perhaps you've had people feeding into you your whole life and you are full of instruction and you are full of blessing 
And perhaps now's the time and you need to be that mentor. You need to be that Zechariah to somebody else. We have a lot of people in our church. We have a lot of people in our town. We have young people. We have old people who need instructing, who need somebody to walk with them, to love them, to mentor them. And perhaps, actually, you might be that person. And you can ask God about that as well, couldn't you? All through the Bible, we see how important relationship is to God, don't we? And I think coming out of this pandemic... We've, we've, again, as a nation, noticed how important actually relationship is to us as people. And maybe now is the time for us to increase in our depth of relationship, increase in our dependence on each other, trusting each other, increase in our seeking the Lord and spurring each other on to seek the Lord. And that goes beyond just, hi, how are you doing? Fine. Yeah, you, great. Okay, great. Bye. <laughs> isn't it? That takes authenticity, it takes openness, and it takes trust. And, and as a church, that's one of the things I want to spur us on to. Can we do that? Can we be that for each other? And can we then take that and carry that into the rest of the world as well? Yes, we can. <laughs> Just a little um, note on the uh, seek the Lord and he will prosper you. That, that might look different. Prospering might look different um, to what we, uh, what we might immediately think. For, for Uzziah, he actually had that, that wealthy, that success um, that we would expect of a king. Um, but it, when we seek the Lord and he prospers us, it won't necessarily be, oh, fantastic, now I can live on Norsey Road. <laughs> it might not be, now I have that money that means I can finally get to all those holiday destinations that Tim knows is on my long, long list of holiday destinations. <laughs> it might be uh, deeper, it might be more significant to God, but less significant to the world. We might have to rethink our definition of prosperity to truly grasp uh, what that means. Just pop that there. Okay, that's my first little deep dive. And I've got one more. Uzziah enjoyed so much success. Um, and surely, I think if you'd have known him, he would have been one of those guys that you said, oh, he's got everything. He's got everything he could possibly want. He's got everything that he could possibly ask for. This verse says, he was marvellously helped. He was marvellously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. For he was unfaithful to the Lord, his God. Have you ever looked at someone else's life and thought, they have everything, they have everything. I think especially uh, new parents do this with new little babies, don't they? You always go to some baby club and you've been up 27 times the night before, and there's always some mother happily feeding her baby. Oh, they just sleep through the night from two days old. <laughs> you think, you have everything I could possibly want right now. <laughs> that might, you might do that in all aspects of life as well. They have everything. In the end, it came down to Uzziah's heart and how he started to see himself he became more pleased with himself than he was pleased with God. And he became proud. 
He forgot that he was marvellously helped and just thought of himself as marvellous. In the days of Zechariah, Uzziah sought God. God was more important to him. What God said mattered and what God did mattered. They had a relationship and then that changed. What God said didn't matter to Uzziah anymore. Their relationship didn't matter. Uzziah became unfaithful. And when given one last chance by those brave priests to realise and repent, he became angry. Faithfulness is God's measure of success. I remember, actually, I actually remember the exact moment where somebody said that to me for the first time. I was about 19, and it was a lady called Ali, who's one of our mission partners, and she was mentoring and working with me at the time when I was doing some youth work here on my gap years. And we were talking about how well something had gone and how well I was doing in some things. And she said, well, do you know, Ruth, what God's measure of success is? You sort of things run through your head, don't you? Uh, how many times I've prayed today? Um, how many people became a Christian when I said, no, I don't know, Ali. I don't know what God's measure of success is. She said, it's faithfulness. How faithful were you to God? How faithful are you to the word that he has written and the word that he speaks to you? How faithful are you to his laws, to the things that he has laid out? How faithful are you to his best? Faithfulness is God's measure of success. Not strength, fame, prosperity or wealth, but did you keep your heart true to your saviour? Did you trust God above all that you can see or think? And when you got it wrong, did you go to God with your mess and a desire to U-turn? So I asked a question at the beginning, what is faithfulness? I wonder what you thought. I wonder how you can be faithful to God in your lives right now. You might be able to think of a time when you had a choice between doing right, doing what was easy, doing the faithful thing, doing the attractive thing. A choice where staying faithful to God and what God says is the best way, even when it looks like you might miss out on something. In reality, the thing that you miss out on is nothing compared to missing out on God's best, is it? You are marvellously helped. Shall I say that again? You are marvellously helped. Your very life, your very breath, the fact that you are here, the fact that you are here, (laughs) let alone your loved ones, your home, your security, the food on your table... None of it came to be on this earth because of you, because of something that you did. You are marvellously helped. But how often do I forget that and I just think, I am (laughs) marvellous. Not, I'm a worm. (laughs) I shouldn't be thinking, I'm a worm. I am significant to God. But that significance leads to humility, not pride. My greatest prayer for you in receiving this message is that you will persevere in faithfulness in your relationship with God. Because it is perseverance at times, isn't it? It is tough. It is digging in. 
It's like you hold in your hands a yes option and a no option. And all through your life, you have choices, what you're going to give your yes to, and what you're going to give your no to. So you're 12 years old, and you've just been given a type 1 diabetic diagnosis. And I'm going to give my yes to putting my trust in God, despite appearances, believing that he has good plans for my life. And I'm going to give my no to the thought that my life is ruined, and to worry, and to hopelessness. You're 14 and everyone's going to a party. What am I going to give my yes to? What am I giving my no to? No, I'm not asking God what he thinks in case he says, no, I shouldn't go. Yes to feeling the fear of missing out. Oops. (laughs) I'm going to give my yes to forgiveness, to forgiving everything and everyone because that's what Jesus says is best. I'm going to give my no to fear and letting fearful thoughts tell me what I should be doing because I give my yes to trusting God's perfect love. Maybe you can think of your own through your own. They're, they're ones from my own life. Maybe you can think of yours. What are you choosing to give your yes to? What are you choosing to give your no to? There's something that I think lots of us believe that I actually think is wrong, and that's that God's in control. We say it all the time, don't we? God's in control. Dear God, thank you that you are in control. Perhaps that sounds like a comforting thought. But someone who is controlled isn't free. A controlling relationship is an abusive one. And God promises us freedom. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. When we are saved, we're not controlled. I believe... That God is in charge. He's the king. He reigns. His kingdom is best. There's never any lacking. There's safe boundaries. He withholds no good thing from us. And he even invites us to be with him in the throne room. He's in charge, but not control. We have a choice. To receive, I'm going to use my yes hand, to receive his provision to be thankful to him, to recognise and stay within his safe boundaries, to come and spend time with him and pull up a chair next to him in the throne room, as we've been invited to, to put our trust in a good king who is in charge but not in control of us. Finishing up, King Uzziah sought the Lord and God prospered him. Uzziah was marvellously helped by God. They were in a relationship. The whole Bible is filled with partnerships between God and people. People with a yes for God, who he marvellously helped to do great things that blessed others. There's a danger that if we believe in a controlling God, that we forget that our yes matters to God. Our faithfulness is important to him. He desires us and a relationship with us. Uzziah forgot that he was in partnership with God. His faithfulness ran out when he was strong, and the consequences of that marred him for the rest of his life. He was a leper for the rest of his life. He was on his own for the rest of his life. So I spur you on. Be successful in your faithfulness. Seek the Lord. Give him your yes. 
And oh, what an adventure you will have. 